It's time for Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now let's have some fun. Here is your host, Johnny, Johnny Radio. Johnny Radio. Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio. Happy Thursday. It is a thirsty Thursday. We got Tiger basketball on tonight. Hoops galore. And boy, do we have a lot of hoops to talk about. My goodness. Uh, Last night, LeBron James, 19 points in the fourth quarter. The Lakers come back and beat the Clippers. The Clippers beat the brakes off of them in every quarter, the first, the second, and the third, and then just got destroyed. Like, if I had cojones, which I never thought was going to happen, you could have put 10 bucks on the Lakers in the start of the fourth quarter and on the money line, and you would have won, like, I think $5,000. It was insane. They weren't supposed to win, but LeBron James went ham. And we have to talk about a little LeBron James today because I, d- I doubt this. Like, I don't know if a lot of people have seen this. Um Kevin Garnett, though, made some very interesting comments about LeBron James, um, and they were really juicy. Like, I mean, really, really juicy. Uh, they have a lot to do with Balco. Do you remember Balco? It was a. Uh, it's basically where Tiny Tim went out there to run and break the world record using steroids. Where Marion Jones went, Barry Bonds, the uh, most popular, two hundred and fifty NFL athletes. Uh, they were taking all the performance enhancers um, in uh, you know early 2000s, late 90s, early early 2000s. That's where the thing Balco comes up. But uh, Kevin Garnett yesterday, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Said LeBron's on that Balco. He's on that new juice. That was um, pretty wild comments. We'll talk a little bit about that. I thought that was. I mean, from coming from a Hall of Famer and Kevin Garnett, somebody who runs in those circles. I don't know. I I just don't think he would go out on his little show, his little podcast, and and make those type of allegations. But we're going to talk about it later. We got to talk a lot of NBA action because uh, there's some big games today that we want to bet on. We're going to talk a little bit about that Grizz Nass because you know we got Isaac Simpson today at 11:30. Isaac at double the underscore NBA. He's going to break down a little NBA action and the Tiger basketball game against the East Carolina team that is on the road. And the Tigers only currently a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So we got some big, big games to get into. Plus, we have some NFL notes, MLB notes, some great Hardenwood stories. We are going to have a lot of fun. But we got to start back with the SEC and what we witnessed last night. My goodness, Tennessee, Dalton Connect, he is one bad mamma jamma. That is one hella good team. If you watched the game last night, they beat Auburn. And that was just a great basketball game. Let's just be real on what we saw. Auburn came back there to start the third quarter after Tennessee kind of punched them, comes out, gets a three, takes a commanding lead. And then the next thing you know, Auburn comes storming back. They look like they were 
were clicking on all cylinders. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, Auburn's up 63-55. You got about 12 minutes left in the game, and all the momentum had switched. KD Johnson was getting to the free throw line. They were they were making buckets. Jalen Williams, by the way, who played, made a jumper. I mean, like they, they they just started hitting on all cylinders. All of a sudden, you think Auburn is about to take over this basketball game, and then it was the Dalton Connect show. My man gets a dunk, then gets a couple free throws, then gets a damn three, and then gets another big ass shot. Dalton Connect went. Ham on people's face. It was Dalton Connect, Dalton Connect, Dalton Connect, Dalton Connect. A little more Dalton Connect. Zakai Ziegler made some big free throws. Kid a couple shots. Did a great job facilitating. Adu was doing his thing down low. I mean, it was just a, it was a real good basketball game. But damn, Tennessee took over late. As much as I like this Tennessee team, though. And all the great, uh, like, I mean, Dalton Connect is going to be the SEC player of the year. It is, it's going to happen. I mean, a month ago, a month ago, I'm going to be honest. I really did not know jack about Dalton Connect. I was literally like, hey, man, Tennessee's got a, man, did you see that little white guy? He's pretty good. I'm pretty sure your words, your exact words were, who is this guy and what happened to him since coming from northern Colorado? Is, yes. What is northern Colorado? I'm pretty sure that's what you're exactly Yeah, right I was like, I mean, where's this guy coming from? I'm like, can he keep playing this well? Well, damn, dude's going to be the first player on the Vols taken in the NBA draft. He's going to be a lottery ticket. He is a matchup nightmare. He has got a beautiful, quick shot from downtown, a good mid-range game, and he's a lot better, more athletic than you think. It will dunk on your face. I uh, saw a ball come off the glass and come up there and grab that junt and wham, throw it down. So, Connect is going to be the SEC player of the year. He will be the first ball taking ball taking the NBA draft. He will be a lottery pick. He is awesome. That is a damn good team. And I love talking a little Tennessee. I know I got a lot of Tennessee fans out there. My buddy Bob Bain, huge ball fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My man, you know everybody over at uh, Top Gun Memphis. My man Jay over They're there, Vol. huge Vol fan. Mm. So I got a lot of all fans out there. But I want to bring up Bruce Pearl. BP. If there was a coach, if, there, if, if I was a talented basketball player in high school or looking to transfer in college, and I was like, and I could go pretty much anywhere, and a bunch of schools were offering me. I, if I could handpick the place that I would go play for and not talking about institution, talking about head coach, I would put Bruce Pearl over anybody in the country. Really? Over anybody wow. in the country. I love his fire. I love the way he rallies around his players. I like how much he knows about the basketball game. I like the way he handles the fans, the media. I love everything about me some Bruce Pearl. And last night when he got that technical, that was a genius technical. The game was starting to slip. By the way, Tennessee was going to be on a fa- was on a fast break and going to get a guaranteed 2 points. So he comes out screaming and yelling about the foul and jumps up in the official. They tee him up. 
They were going to get two. They shoot the free throws. He uses that technical foul as a as a timeout, basically, to gather up all of his guys and come and pump them up. Now, Auburn didn't win the basketball game. But I don't think – I'm not saying he is the best coach X's and O's in basketball by any means. I'm saying for me and probably people like me who need – like, look, man – if my coach, and again, is extremely just chill on the sideline, just use Penny, I could I could very easily tend to take on that persona. Mm-hmm. And I can chill. I'm one of those people who I love to compete. I always want to win. But I do need a, a, a foot up my butt sometimes. Mm-hmm. I do need to be yelled at. I, I do like like the fire that comes from the coach. I feel like permeates throughout the team. Watch Shaka Smart. Did you see how awesome Marquette was last yeah. night? And by the way, Shaka Smart's probably number two for me. That's really a great question. I'm sitting here thinking about what coaches I would want to play for. Like right now, Bruce Pearl number one, Shaka Smart number two. Wow, I don't have either of those in my top three, unfortunately. It's 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 the way they handle their team. It's their style of play. Mm-hmm. It's again. You like energy guys. I love energy guys. Yeah. Look. I love Penny. He he's great. Some, by the way, and, and by the way, different strokes for different folks. You know, some some people need to stick up their their keister. Some people need to be reined in. Some people need to you know to be able to feel the energy. Like having a coach who wants it as much as the fans and the players, and you can see it and feel it. Mm-hmm. That's contagious. Yeah, like that would spill over all up into me. Yeah, I just love that. And again, Shaka Smart. By the way, told you to take Marquette. What did I tell you they're going to do yesterday? You said they were going to beat them by twenty, and they don't stop. They don't they let don't. up. They don't give a damn what the score is. They are going to come out there and kick your teeth in. And then even when they put in all their little walk on kids, they're going out That's there right. and trying to score. Marquette beat the brakes up off of Providence. It was it was embarrassingly bad. That's actually funny that they beat Providence and you have uh, him as your uh, your second coach you'd play for. I think my three coaches that first came to mind. Well, Rick Pitino would be number three because I know he could get me a prostitute. That's another great one. I I had a feeling that you were going to go with that one. My top three would probably be in no particular order. Kim English at Providence. I would love to play for Kim English. Who? Kim English, the Providence coach. Oh, okay. He's new. This is his first year. Um, I thought you said uh, like. Providence, like I think, no, I thought no, you were no, talking no. about European basketball. No, 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 no. Providence, <laughs> Providence. Uh, Dennis Gates at Missouri. I would like to play for Dennis Gates. I you think know, like, I think he's a really good coach. Dennis Gates, Bad I think, season, is a great coach. He but get, like last night, he had some calls that really went not like like he had some calls that went against him. Poor Missouri. They had a chance to take down Florida mm-hmm. last night. I like Dennis Gates, but they're now zero fifteen in the SEC. That's right. I, bad season, but I'd still love to play for him. And then my third would probably be Hubert Davis uh, at at North Carolina. I think really? Hubert Davis is a genius i am not a fan he is such a good coach i am not a fan I mean, now you go again, to the final four and then the next year you don't even make the damn tournament and, and you're letting your your own teammates like have well tryst. i mean caleb love is I mean, you know sleeping with rj davis not his, his girlfriend you know yeah, i mean inherited those guys yeah, but he took those guys to the Final Four. Sure did, and now he's got a great team. Some people even saying could be a number one seed. Um, <laughs> you haven't seen that? Oh, um, yeah, I've heard it. Ooh, it could be Duke. Ooh, it could be North Carolina. Ooh, I haven't ooh, seen ooh, Duke. Ooh, ooh. Um, I think Arizona is the number four, or the four numbers. But obviously, our lists are very different. You have guys that, you know, blow their heads off every single game 
energy guys yelling at officials. My three guys are more chill kind of kind of serious. Like Shaka Smart keeps up with every single hustle play. Yeah. Did you know that he keeps up with daps and fist mm-hmm. bumps? Oh, does he really? I, didn't, I actually didn't like know. I knew he keeps up with all the hustle plays. When, when the hustle plays, but they also I did, there's a coach on their team who when when the players are on the court and they dap each other up after a good play and root for the other play, they keep up with that. High energy plays is what they call it. What a waste of a coach. <laughs> No, no, no. It's it's not just that's always no. Doing, I know. You know I'm, I'm, I'm and it's not necessarily like literally a fist bump, but it's teammates rooting for right. rooting each other on. I mean, look at look at the way. Like by the way, Marquette's the best passing team in basketball. They share the ball better than anybody. They are they play at a speed. Like I talked about this yesterday. Like watching Marquette try to play against Houston would be the craziest. You got the uh-huh. slowest pace team in the country. In Houston, they play at the slowest pace. Actually, it might be the third slowest pace. It's it's down. I think I, I looked yesterday in terms of Kimpom uh, rings. I think they're bottom five. I know um, they were. Under- did you know Memphis has played the two slowest teams this year? Virginia and uh, North Texas. Yes, the two slowest that's right. Teams. That's right. That's they they passed them. So I mean, they're they're they play at a snail's pace. Well, Alabama. I mean, not Alabama. Damn it! Remind, remind me what I was Marquette. Talking about. Oh, sorry, Marquette and Shaka Smart. Ooh, see what I'm talking about? I need somebody to stay on me you, you really to do. keep me focused. Don't worry, John. I'll come in tomorrow in a suit, and I'll Dude. just start screaming at you all day. And then when you make a mistake like that, I'll, I'll, I'll rip off in. my jacket and slam it on the ground like one of these coaches. Now, nowadays, no, no coaches wear coats anymore, so it's a little different. Can't rip their jacket off and throw it on the ground unless you're uh, my guy at a and I'm blanking on his name now. Which guy? Like the basketball coach? Buzz? Yeah, Buzz Williams. Buzz Williams. All I mean, he's one of those guys. Traditional, still wears. And I honestly think Buzz Williams. The only way, the only Buzz reason is. he still dresses like that is so that when his team is not playing well, he can rip it off and slam it on the ground. I think. It, I think he feels like that's his way of getting his guys going. Is slamming his jacket on the ground. Yeah, you know, you know, slamming things down can help a little bit. But poor Buzz, man. Did you see last night? A and M lost by two to South Carolina. Yeah, talk about coaches I would not want to play for. Buzz Williams, one of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not down with Buzz either. <laughs> um, but those those three coaches again, Bruce Pearl. Um, I mean, I would I would go to war with Shaka Smart. I would go to war with, and Rick Pitino. Like people ripping your players or whatever. That's fine with me. When we suck, say we suck. Call us slow. I don't want somebody to constantly give me praise because I'm not going to get any better. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening who played for a coach named Ernie Bennett. He would whip you. He he was the fiercest man. He's got he had more fire in him. My man was just piss and vinegar. Like did not play no games. Was on you like you wouldn't believe. And he made you better. But man, when the games were over and stuff, he was awesome. He loved you. Right. Um, cared about you. But dead gummit, when you stepped in, in on the field, you better, better be ready to go to war. And I like that type. His son coaches over at Houston. He coaches over there with James Thomas. He is extremely fiery. Where on the other hand, James Thomas is so yep. chilled and so laid back. Chill. By the way, James Thomas, coach of the year in right. Tennessee. Love Coach Thomas. Yo, My shout guy. out state champs but i mean like different strokes for different folks but man damn i watched that tennessee game in auburn and i always i watch a little auburn watch a hell lot of kansas not a big too much too much but i would love to go to war with them now speaking of coaches nate oates nate oates for alabama 
His style of play, I believe, has changed, actually, the way the SEC actually plays basketball. Speaking of Missouri and talking about Coach Gates, Dennis, um, Missouri was the leader last year in in three-point percentage. By the way, we were talking about Dennis Gates, right? Did you know Missouri – like, I think we've been talking about coaching – Nate Oates in Alabama took care of Ole Miss last night. Sure did. Not That's not what I'm bringing up. It's looking grim for Ole Miss. Go ahead. But Alabama, the entire SEC is playing different, I think, because of Nate Oates. Mm. And what I mean is, have you ever seen the SEC shoot this many threes? No. Nah. Think about this. Last year, the team that led the league in three-point percentage was Missouri, and they were at 35%. Mm. And then lost all their shooters. <laughs> this year, you have five teams that are shooting over 35%. Wow. Kentucky, 40.1%. LSU, 37.5%. Alabama, 37%. Ole Miss, 35.5%. Tennessee, 35.4%. Like, they, they, there's just more threes in the ballgame. But not so fast, my friend. You have to have balance. Mm-hmm. And Alabama, while they can run you out the gym with hitting threes, I think makes so many dumb decisions. Did you see the? Did you watch any of the Alabama Ole Miss game? I I was able to watch uh, towards the end of the game. I was I was. Did you out see and about at the earlier. end of the game where it was nip and tuck and my man's going down? Alabama is making their comeback, and he literally has a guaranteed two point layup, uh-huh. and he stops and he pulls up a three and yeah. bricks the hell yeah, out of I it. I did see that. It's a hundred percent two. You are on your own. And I know that three is more than two. By half, 50% more. That's right. I know this. It's a whole nother point. Uh Uh-huh. But a guaranteed two when you can go and dunk the basketball and nobody's around you is still a guaranteed freaking two. And and, And I saw that from Alabama not once, not twice, but three times in the second half. They made one of three of those 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 uh, opportunities. Man, I'm taking six guaranteed points. And yes, the momentum when you pull up and hit a three is probably great. But man, I know Nate Oates wants to shoot more threes than anybody in the grandmother. He, did, yeah, he sure does. That's that's his game plan. But damn it, you can't be hot from three six games in a row. How's this ever gonna get you a national championship, Nate? When that's what that Brett always brings that up of of how he just cannot trust Nate Oates and this Alabama team any year because they rely so heavily on the three that eventually you're going to go out gonna there. Get and, the little kid exactly. came off the bench, the little freshman um, Cosby, mm-hmm. not Bill Cosby's son. No, that was a fictional character. No, it wasn't fiction. It's was a real dude. But I was thinking about the Cosbys, not that dude. I can't remember his first name, but the little freshman Cosby. That dude comes in, and they were struggling a little bit from downtown, and all of a sudden he lights it up. This dude comes off the bench and goes 5 for 10 from the three-point line. Yeah, he didn't shoot another field goal. He didn't even shoot a free throw. Dude came in there, set himself over in the corner. Sears would drive. They doubled. He kicked. Bam! Bam! Or Estrada. Estrada. And by the way, Estrada is a hell of a guard, too. They've got good guards. they got dudes that can score. But, but man, you you start missing those threes. Like, you have a night where you shoot 30%, you're out. 
Because they sure as hell can't play through the post. And they can't play a lick of defense. I mean, they don't play defense. And if that little uh, – he's really good. Um, Gosh, dang it. What's the tall, skinny, white kid's Grant name? Grant Nelson. Thank you. Good player. But very, very – that's what I was going to say. <laughs> he is a all. He is on the offensive side of the ball in college basketball. He is – he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to say I could score on him. But, yeah, I, hey, like Jay him. Morgan would tear him up in one-on-one. I, I think you would. I think you're right. Dude, he can't guard anybody. Mm-hmm. Thank you for remembering his name. <laughs> yeah, well, I like Grant. Grant Nelson had so much hype in the offseason. Coming from North Dakota State was huge uh, for the Bison. Comes over to Alabama. Quite honestly, eh, it's kind of been a disappointment this year. Like, not a disappointment, but in terms of the hype that was around him, like, we're talking about the hype that, Offensively, I'm with him. Well, but we were talking about the hype that you were are seeing now with, like, Dalton Connect. Like, that's what he was getting. Oh, he people had thought, ten times more hype than Dalton Connect yeah, did. Yeah, people but thought was, yeah. Grant Nelson was going to be what Dalton Connect is now, and it's kind of uh, flip-flopped, where Dalton Connect came in and, like, people yeah, were like, I Dalton Connect's going to be a good player, but he's not going to be, like... Grant's name. Exactly. Like, off-season, people are like, this Dalton Connect kid could be really good, but he's probably not like an all-conference guy, and then he becomes an all-conference guy, and then Grant Nelson is like, oh, this guy's going to be player of the year in the SEC, and then comes out and is just like a good player for Alabama. By the way, little sidebar, um, Chas hates basketball season. Really? Why? She loves you, football you just, season, because I, you know, football games, but college basketball, it's seven days a week right yeah it is no from yeah. it is from i sit at 5 30 i sure. gotta get everything done 5 30 till after midnight because i'm watching west coast action as well Holmes. i watched oregon oregon state last night i'm watching everything because you got to yeah. get ready for march madness got to paralysis by analysis hell no son get your basketball on we're going to take a quick time out. The Memphis Tigers have a big basketball game tonight. We're going to talk about it with Isaac Simpson on the other side. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. All the wisdom of the universe is in these bones. <laughs> now back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio. It is a thirsty Thursday in the Mid-South. What a wonderful Thursday it is. I mean, goodness gracious. We got Tiger basketball tonight. They on the road. They play in the Pirates. East Carolina. We also got to talk a little grizzness. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, just some NBA fodder. And, you know, I love cutting it up with Isaac Simpson. My man breaks down everything. We talk NBA. We talk Grizzlies. I mean, we, we, we do it all. You can follow him at Isaac underscore underscore nba check out ethos podcast they don't play no damn games and go to the tiger sports report tiger sports report.com for your tigers information um i'm gonna bring in my man isaac but my phone just fell down bro not like actually fell but my screen crashed you got me dacus yo what's up isaac 
Man, what's going on, Johnny? I'm good. How are you? Man, you know, I'm doing extremely well. Love Thursdays. It's Thirsty Thursday. Makes me think of Tito's. Makes me happy. Got Tiger basketball on tonight. But before we get into the normal things we talk about, because you are, like, you have more opinions and thoughts, and you come out with them faster. I mean, I'm telling you right now, Isaac is one of the best followers on Twitter. I'm checking his stuff out all the time. And I just happened to uh, see this morning, and I don't know if you saw it, because, again, this was like, just this morning, but did you hear what Kevin Garnett said on his podcast? Wait, I did not. No, About, I haven't heard it. So check this out. I just this, this just like he did it just this morning. So LeBron James goes ham last night, nineteen points in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah, I, I mean, went all five threes. I mean, crazy comeback man by the Lakers in that game. It's crazy to see a guy doing that at thirty nine, man, thirty nine years old, man. It's just insane to watch. It's insane, right? So guess what Kevin Garnett says on his podcast today. What did KG say? He heavily, heavily implied James is on steroids, designer PEDs. He's like, dude, he's like, you know, if you, you know, the media is ignoring this and blah, blah, blah. He goes completely in on it. And the guy, this is a guy who worked with TNT. Only, only place I found anybody who gave any traction to this was Deadspin. But he goes out on his podcast and his YouTube thing and he, he wasn't joking about it, anything at all. He said that. LeBron James, who says he spends over a million dollars on his body, he's on that new Balco. If you don't remember what Balco was, Marion Jones, Tiny Tim, Barry yeah. Bonds, the NFL players who were using designer steroids that were undetectable at the time. And he came out hard saying this stuff. And I'm just kind of like, I mean, this isn't like some dude, Joe Schmo, me talking yeah. trash. Like Kevin Garnett is a world champion, a Hall of Famer, um, you know, top 70 NBA player of all time. And he's 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 saying that that just I don't know man that's that's something I wouldn't like you just don't say that about other players that's not very willy nilly do you like do you find this weird at all? Yeah, that that's extremely reckless if he doesn't have like one hundred percent. That's what I was thinking. Like he yeah, has to come out and put that out there. That's a little wild, man. I I don't know. The NBA is weird because out of all the professional sports. You don't. They got haters on each other. They hate us. All our former players, they absolutely hate on the guys that are still playing. Like, just, I mean, just constantly. You hear it, you see it. They, on podcasts, they're talking about it when they, they do guest spots on, on, on commentating. They're just hating on players. I've just never seen anything like it. But yeah, I'm 100% there with you. I hadn't saw that. But man, to put that out there like that, like he's put it out there like it's a, a certainty. Um, I, I just think that's a little wild or reckless, especially coming from, from a guy like KG. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, man. That that that's kind of kind of out of bounds in my in my opinion. I thought the same thing. I thought to myself, "Damn, if I'm LeBron and I run into KD, I might be whipping his ass." Man, yeah, that's because that you, you just go say that about a guy you you don't know that for sure. That that you, you come out like that with an opinion based back and say this guy's on steroids. I mean, I understand it's crazy what he's doing, man. But you can't just come out and say that. I mean, maybe he's just a freak of nature. He's always been that from the time that he was a rookie, so it's crazy to see, but it's not like we he hasn't been possibly one of the greatest, greatest of all time since he's been in the league, so it's not like that's something that's completely unbelievable. Yeah, and by the way, it was Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett on their podcast. If you want to go watch it, it's when you yeah, man, it sounds like a bunch of haters. To it's, be, yeah, man. I was going to say it's LeBron's <laughs> secret to longevity. It's the episode, but let me just tell you something. Um, again, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. Paul Pierce was pushing back on Kevin a little bit. Um, it, it is, I was going to say it's funny because Paul Pierce is usually the one that going straight I was heel on everybody. Yeah. <laughs>
Or bringing well, um, a, a prostitute to do TV during the Super Bowl. <laughs> remember that? Or what, was, what, what did he do that in? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't remember, man. I, it's, he, he's he's had some weird situations ever since he retired. As far as his his media stuff, man, I don't I don't know. But he's the one. Like if you watch that podcast, it's usually the other way around. Like Paul is is usually the one that's saying some crazy stuff, and KG's having to push back on him. But I guess it table turn this time yeah i guess so but i understand after seeing the unbelievable i mean lebron james and the lakers found themselves down i think 20 points going into the fourth quarter um yeah something like that 2019 i think nine, maybe 19 something like yeah something like that like there was i you know i never thought in a million years i wasn't watching the game all of a sudden underneath the screen it crawls and shows the lakers are like within four I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then you got to check it out. Next thing you know, LeBron James is going absolutely off, like completely off in the fourth quarter. 19 points in the fourth quarter. Lakers absolutely shut down the Clippers, held them to 16 points in the fourth. So after, I guess, a game like that, you know, maybe you're a little hungover. It's early in the morning. I don't know. That was just, I thought that was pretty wild comments. But we're going to get back to talking a little bit about some local stuff. Tigers have a huge game tonight, East Carolina. Isaac, the line's only Tigers minus three and a half. Somebody like me who's been so burnt this year on the Tigers, that looks so damn enticing. What do you think I should do? Should I lay off, or do you think laying the three and a half is an easy play? Man, every time every time I come over here and say and feel confident that, it, that it's going to be an easy Tiger victory. It doesn't go that way. We uh, kind of talked. I remember going back to that that North Texas game. We were kind of talking about all oh, this. I, I was coming over here saying that's a team that can't score. Uh, the Tigers are going to run the score up on them. They, they were only I think they were one and a half point underdog. I was like, Tigers are going to win this game and cover, and they come out and get get blasted. So I hate to to be overconfident, but I think you you have to like what you've seen in the last two games against Charlotte and in FAU. Uh, but one thing that I will caution about that is. It's not as it's not as it's hard to get up FAU and to a lesser extent Charlotte. Charlotte coming in second in the conference, and I think they knew that coming in. So you got to kind of get up for those games, those games at home. And you know they had the FAU game circle; they were coming out fired up for that one. But this is this is the kind of test that I think really shows where they are. Uh, you're going on the road against a, a bad opponent. I, I don't expect even even with the Tigers coming in, we've seen these quote unquote Super Bowls. At ECU, I still don't think this is going to be a sold-out electric atmosphere or anything like that. Me just kind of see them. It's been a tough place for the Tigers to play uh, over the years, no matter what level team they've had going in there. So I have some reservations. I I feel like they're going to go in there and handle business, but like you said, man, it's been burned so many times this year, man. It kind of it kind of scares me a little bit. It, this one scares me for. Basically, the simple fact is like you don't know which Tiger team is going to show up. The one exactly. that showed up against FAU would absolutely whip this team. Oh, they'd win! They'd win by twenty-five if that team shows up. I mean, it would be it would be filthy. It really would be nasty. Uh, when I look though, you know the way they played at Charlotte, the way they played against FAU, the fact that it's the end of the season. You know, there's only three games left. They know their tournament life is on the line. They got to win these three, and they got to go out there and win that damn tournament still to feel comfortable. Like they need to be playing their best basketball. I feel like they're really in. Like the motivation factor is David Jones ain't ever played an NCAA tournament. He wants to play an NCAA tournament. Never has. I feel like after what I've seen the last couple games, I almost feel confident that they really are going to go on the road and get this done. Now I ain't going to lie to you. The Pirates' defense is really good. Their Pirates' defense can keep them in a game. They also, by the way, um, they're really good at 
you know, protecting the three-point line on uh, at least the numbers. And the Tigers love taking threes. So I do understand why the line's so low. But, man, if if they come with their A-minus game, they should win this game by 10. Yeah, and, and to your point, David Jones even said it. He he didn't he didn't come here to to be in the NIT or anything like that. He came here to win. Like you said, he's never been in an NCAA tournament. I think all these guys coming in here felt like, man, we're coming in here together, man. This could be something special. Uh, and they're on the verge of of not even getting to that NCAA tournament, and and they still have a lot to play for because they still have an opportunity to earn a top four seed. And if you get a top four seed, you get the double buy. I mean, the AAC tournament, which helps that cause. If you're going to have to get to the championship game and win it, you want it to be as easy as possible. And you get the double buy because now this year they've added, since they have more teams in the conference, they've added that extra day on a Wednesday. It used to start on Thursday where you have to play into the tournament. The bottom four teams play on that Wednesday. So if, if you finish in the top four, you don't have to play on Wednesday or Thursday. You get to get the double buy um, and, and you move on to Friday. So that's, Still in play. Uh, the only team that they really can't catch. Shit, they get is UAB South heads Florida. up, man. They get UAB yeah. heads up, so that they could be, you know, right there tied with UAB, you know, after the weekend. Yeah, because I mean, all those teams. I mean, they're all still in play. I mean, you look at Charlotte, FAU. You look at FAU schedule. They could easily drop two games. I mean, Memphis beats them again uh, down in Boca, and I think they they got they got to go to North Texas as well. I think they got another tough game, maybe two lanes. They could lose two more games. That gives them six losses, just like Memphis. SMU has a couple games there. At the SMU UAB, and so. UAB, I know, still play each other. Yeah. So one play, somebody's so got to lose. lose. So, so yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely an opportunity for Memphis to, to kind of climb their way back into that top four, and I think that would be really ideal. So it's not like I, I've seen a lot of people kind of say that they not they don't really have anything to play for. They're just waiting for the tournament. That's not true at all. And also, you just won't to have that momentum of winning and feeling good about yourself going to the tournament. You don't want to limp into it uh, because and it would be really nice, man, if they could go on there on that final Sunday and go into to Boca Raton, man, and, and sweep FAU. That would be big time. And I think they feel really good about themselves going to the tournament if they're able to win, win these last three games and go in with the momentum like that. If you're 23-8, and eight, two wins against FAU going down the stretch, you would make it to the championship game. Are they on the bubble? I think they're in. I think if you sweep these last three games and you make it to the the the, the, the conference tournament, tournament game, I think they're in. That if, if you're not in at that point, because to me it's it, it's crazy. Because if you look at FAU's resume, somehow they still have them in the tournament. And when you look at Memphis side by side on paper, I would if like just not knowing anything about what what the metrics are, where they're sitting in their rank, I would take Memphis's resume over FAU. I don't. I don't understand how FAU is solidly in the tournament right now. It just blows my mind. They only have one victory over Arizona. That's their best win. I mean, Memphis has beat them head to head. They have some bad losses as well. Lost to Bryant at home. Um, Shoot, they only. I mean, Charlotte. They only have one uh, more win. They're twenty-one and seven. Yeah, like I, I just don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand how Memphis. Because I saw they had. I think Memphis is not even in the next. Like they're like ten games out, ten teams out, which I don't understand that you have FAU solid in it just the metrics and it's tough man they need to update that system because when you with the eye test it doesn't really make any sense at all when you that four game stretch though like I do kind of understand why they're so far right now if they get these three wins I think you know and and get ready to go to the tournament I think they creep in but I know like it's got to be hard for 
the metrics or whatever. I mean, when you see those, you know, four consecutive losses, and now South Florida we know is a good team, but you still had a twenty-one point lead in the second half. Yeah, the loss to let Tulane was, you know, it was a, it was a road loss, but then followed up to UAB, and it was a butt whipping, and then Rice like that just. I think that just kind of sticks in a lot of people's crawls. That was a bad damn stretch. It was. There, there, there's no question about that, man. And this, like I said, this team has nobody to blame but themselves. I mean, they came out and, and took care of business in the non-con, man, and just gave it all back and then some. It, it, it's it's wild to just think about how we were feeling coming out of that non-con. Were they 15-2 and two at one point? Mm-hmm. And just feeling great about this team and feel like, okay, we're talking – I had started talking stuff crazy, man, like two, three, four seed um, in the NCAA tournament. And, man, now they're not even on the bubble, man, which is – Yeah, the hindsight, the though, is is something that I know you – like, because for me, because now I, I look back, like, damn, man, that Arkansas team was not a top 20 team. Yeah. Uh, Michigan was terrible. Missouri hadn't won a game in the SEC. A&M lost yet again as they're on the outside. They're not going to make the NCAA tournament, it looks like. Clemson really hadn't done the damn Tigers any favors. Like, their, their big wins on the season right now at the end of it look – not so big. I, I still think I still think though that 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 team that was playing in, in that non-con is much better than the team we saw out of the stretch. I think those teams, even though they've kind of spiraled, spiraled uh, as you said, they're not the teams that we thought they were when they played them. I still feel like those teams are probably better than Rice in some of those yes, teams. I agree. If, if you put them, if you put them in an American North both Texas, of those teams would be extremely competitive. If, if yep. they were to better come. I agree with that 100%. Well, hopefully the Tigers are going to take care of business. Isaac, we got to – man, I, I got to take – can I hold you through a break, man, talk a little grizzly yeah, on no the other problem, side? Man. Yes, sir. We're going to take a quick timeout coming back with Isaac Simpson to talk a little NBA on Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Let's get nuts. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. Hanging out with Dacus all day long, and you know... It's a thirsty Thursday, not noon yet. So we talking with Isaac Simpson, man. I'm telling you, man, I'm fired up, man. We got Tigers tonight. I think if Daquan Tomlin comes out with that energy that he had against FAU, David Jones balls out. Quinterly comes with just a little bit of fire in his belly. Tigers gonna roll, but it is one of those things called a letdown spot. It does have me a little bit nervous. Brian Dacus is kind of reining me in from absolutely pounding the Tigers. But we got to switch gears. It's time to talk a little NBA. Isaac, man, how's life? How's life? It's good to have you back on from this uh, five minutes ago. Yeah, man, man. Great, great break. Great commercial break, man. I I must say that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right. You got (laughs) to do me a quick favor, man. Talk to me. Tell me a little something that, you know, you feel good about going on with the Grizzlies. I mean, there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of bad things. There's just a lot of things going on. Or there's a lot of, like, indifferent things. Um, Every time, like last night, man, I thought they played their little tails off. I love watching them. It's kind of like – 
when you watch a little like six year old basketball team, you're like, our kids are trying so hard. Oh, they came up just a little bit short, but you don't care about the results. You just are glad that they're out there trying. At least that's how I feel about this team. Yeah, man, it, it, it it's about the, the 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 meat, not the bread, uh, of right now because you you see positive things going on 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 the inside. Like the, the wins and losses at this point don't really matter because. Actually, if you lose games, even though I, I'm not a fan of going out and lose games purposely, but they're losing games organically, and that's in the end, that's going to help you when it comes to the NBA draft lottery. So when you when they go out and play with effort like they did last night, I mean, that's the number one team in the West uh, right now, and they have to pull out heroic to kind of beat this ragtag Grizzlies bunch. And, and it's fun to watch. When they play games now, game against Brooklyn, that was not fun to watch. Uh, but when they play like this, I mean, it, it's fun, and we've had – more games like this, and they've even pulled some out. You talk about that Milwaukee game. I mean, and, and they competed against the Clippers the other night. You, you love to see that. Um, and Jaron Jackson Jr., just a tremendous performance tonight going up against two All-NBA bigs and, and Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Yep. 33 points, 13 rebounds, uh, just really getting it done uh, last night, man. It was fun to watch him just come out from the homestead and just go right at those guys and We've talked about this a lot, man, just the development of, of Vince Williams Jr. Um, he had 11 points, uh, six rebounds, six assists, filling up that stat sheet last night. D.G. Jackson, 14 points off the bench, man, two or four from three, five or seven from the field, super efficient. He's continuing to do some nice things. And Lamar Stevens is another guy that they, they picked up kind of as an afterthought, I think, in the Boston trade. He's come in and looked like a guy that you really would like to take a look at going forward. He's going to be unrestricted free agent. Hoping they find a way to bring him back. It shouldn't break the bank. He does a lot of things. I think he's kind of what you wanted David Ryder to be. Um, and you've, you've seen that. And I think he's a better version, more efficient of that. Really does well in the mid-range. Plays hard. Sticks his nose in there. Gets rebounds. I, I just love what I've seen from him. So those are some positive things, man. And those are just kind of the things that I'm looking for down the stretch. At this point, wins and losses are, are nowhere near the top of the list. What are you thinking on Zaire right now? It's somebody that, you know, again, yeah. like uh, last night he had a, he had one of his good games. Again, when he played Milwaukee, he had a great game. Um, he just has so many damn clunkers. Where where, this, where, where do you think this org- organization is with Zaire? Um, and this is coming from a guy that was completely out on Zaire. Uh, I think a lot of people were. But I, like I said last night, man, I got to give him credit where it's due. These last few games, he's looked like a guy that, that you would want to keep on this roster. Now, if fully healthy, I think it would be a bottom of the roster spot, but there were times where I didn't feel like he was an NBA player. And in the last couple games, he has been more than that. I mean, he's looked really good. I think one thing, it was always thought that he was a, a big wing. This team has always looked for that big wing, a guy 6'8", six, 6'9", six, with length uh, to play on a wing. But I, I really do think, even though he's he, his, his height, I think he's better as a two. I think he guards, shooting guards better than he does, bigger bigger forwards. I think that's his best position, even though he's not a great shooter. I think you seeing him on the floor now with Vince Williams Jr. and DG are kind of playing that role that they expected him to be, and I think it's really helped his game. Uh, it's always been said that oh, he looks better with John on the floor. I think it probably had more to do with him being a big wing, and that's not really his best position. So when you put him on the floor with Vince Williams Jr. or G.G. Jackson, I think it allows him to kind of play his role that better than he's been able to do what he's before because he's he's been that guy in that position. So I, I like what I what I've seen from him, man. He 
he might be a keeper. I, I think they got to find a way to get the Ravia uh, about this roster. I, I just don't think he's an NBA player, and I just think they're wasting a lottery spot on him. I mean, moved up in the first round to get him. I know they're trying to hold out hope, but I, I think it's over uh, with Ziggler Ravia. I just don't think he's gonna gonna pan out, man. So if they can find a way to move on from him, I think they will. But Zaire Williams, man, is showing some great flashes. I mean, we saw it that his rookie year struggles. I don't even think it's a strong enough word for what we saw from him last year. But these last few games, man, I, I think he's showing where hit some big shots, did that big deep three before halftime, hit one, falling out of bounds at the shot clock buzzer corner last night. He, he's driving into the paint. He's getting to the free throw line. I, I like what I've seen out of him the last few games. So, really feeling good about Zaire, man. And he's another guy that you're just happy that he's been able to get this, this playing time with the, the situation that the team's in right now. Just development from, from these young guys is just a big positive that you can take out of it and don't care so much about the wins and losses. I see a lot of people getting upset about the team losing, man. That's not what's paramount right now. So what you working on in the lab right now? What y'all got coming down the pipe? I know we got a Friday night, Saturday night back-to-back action with the Portland Trailblazers. What y'all doing over at Ethos Grizzlies? Yeah, man, we're going to be starting our, our draft cover too, man. We're going to be breaking down these prospects. I've been Talking draft a lot uh, on, on, on X Twitter on the timeline. I got, got some NBA comps that I put out this morning, so ready to get dive into that, man. I'm a, I'm a big time, big time draft guy. So me and my guy David Williams will definitely be diving into that in the coming weeks. So we'll definitely have a post game probably on Saturday night or, or either Sunday, kind of recapping these two games against Portland. It'll be interesting to see how they play this. Uh, Portland is a team that's right below you in, in, in that fifth lottery spot. Grizzlies are currently in sixth. I got a feeling that you might see Jaron Jackson Jr. rest in one of these games. Um, it, it's a back-to-back. It gets a bad team. He's one of the guys that they don't get a lot of rest for, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him set set out one of these games, man. But excited, back-to-back uh, against Portland. We'll see how they play it. But check us out at Ethos Grizzlies. Uh, also, TigerSportsReport.com and my personal feed at Isaac Double Underscore NBA. Man, thanks for your time, Isaac. Be blessed. Go Tigers. Go Grizz. Will do, man. Talk to you next week. That's my man, Isaac Simpson. We got Evie Van Pelt. It's time to talk about them rebels on the other side. Sports 5698.5 FM. Break the key. Yes.